Thanks for joining us here at AG Kolkata. We are the church for the open arms and we serve in the city of joy, Kolkata. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agkolkata.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message. This morning we want to talk about just one aspect of the power of God's word. The healing power of God's word. Psalm 107 is a beautiful psalm of thanksgiving and we want to turn to what Psalm 107 has to say about the healing power of God's word. And as you read through the psalm it's a long Psalm 43 verses. The theme of the psalm is the great love of God. And this great love of God is manifested in his response to the cries of his children. And the psalmist focuses on at least four cries, four crises to which God responds with his saving love. And you will see the first few verses verses 4 to 9 the psalmist celebrates how when people are lost wandering God helps those who are hopelessly lost to find their way home they are found the second stanza the second verse section from verses 10 to 16 the psalmist celebrates how those who are bound in darkness and gloom when they cry to God they are delivered trapped by satan and sin God the language is beautiful God snaps their chains breaks down the bronze gates and cuts through the iron bars of their prison if you are in a prison this morning God is after you he's going to break those chains he's going to set the captives free the bound are delivered the f- the fourth thing the psalmist celebrates when he's talking about the love of God is the doomed are rescued The metaphor is of sailors, seasoned sailors who have given up hope. The storm is going to kill them. They're facing certain death. They cry out to the Lord and God brings them to safety and security. Some of you are saying, "Pastor, you said four sections, did I?" I talked about section 1, section 2, section 4. What about section 3? If you are alert, you know I skipped section 3. Very deliberately because that's the focus of my message from verses 17 to 22 the focus in these verses on those who are sick crying out to god and he hears their cry and we're going to read only those verses as they come up on the screen verses 17 22 of psalm 107 some were fools they rebelled and suffered for their sins they couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door lord help they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress he sent out his word and healed them snatching them from the door of death that was allen's testimony wasn't it you cried out to god you couldn't do anything else you could hardly speak but god hears the cry the deepest cry of the heart i just love that verse they moved on already to 21 go back to 20 let's read that again he sent out his word and healed them snatching them from the door of death verse 21 now 
Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Let's praise the Lord with a clap offering this morning. Thank you, Lord. Help us never, never to take your saving love and power for granted, Lord. May we never hear testimonies like this. Miracles where doctors give up, but you've healed the womb. And Lord, we see this beautiful child as evidence. Let's never take for granted, Lord, the miracle of someone who's crying out to you eight months in bed. Doctors say the only hope is surgery, and without surgery, Lord, a miraculous healing. Let's never take it for granted, Lord. May we never cease to give you thanks and praise. And may our thanks be exuberant. May our thanks be wholehearted. May we sing joyfully, Lord. May we never give you half-hearted praise or thanksgiving, Lord. Amen. We're going to talk about the healing part of God's word for a few minutes. Pray for me. I'm trying to make this message short. You know why? Because we want to see the Holy Spirit work and touch and heal bodies. But you know what? The Bible says faith comes by hearing. That's why I have to share God's word with you this morning. And I want to share God's word in response to some very important questions. If you will look at Psalm 107 again, you will see that it connects or seems to connect the rebellion with suffering for sins and sickness and death. So what does sin have to do with sickness, if any? And the reason I say this is commonly... In fact, in the first service when Arpita shared, she said, you know, when this happened to her, first response was, Lord, what did I do? <laughs> we think when something goes wrong with our lives and sickness comes, Lord, I've sinned. The Bible teaches this, friends, and we must know this. There's a sense in which all sickness on the planet is rooted in sin. The Bible teaches that when Adam and Eve fell, the curse that came upon creation brought pain sickness and death and made it a normal part of human experience. If you want to know more about this, in Genesis 3, 17 and 19, it describes it. So there's a sense in which, and listen to me very carefully, every person is affected by sickness and disease since the fall. Every person, some of you are looking a little upset with me, Pastor Metigo, I don't have any problem. Now don't speak negative. I have no cold, cough, nothing. Bad news. You have a sickness. Everyone here has a sickness. You know what that sickness is? It's mortality. Pastor, what is that? I never heard of it. If I call it mortal-itis, you'll understand maybe. A mortal area. What it means is, it's genetic. All of us are dying. Some of you young people don't feel that yet. But when you cross 50, you'll begin to see some symptoms. Okay, But that's for another day. So, Sickness, disease and pain is part of the natural order of things today. Life as it is, okay? And it's because of the poison of sin that has infected the planet, the human race and all of us. So pastor, does that mean every time I fall ill, it's because I have sinned? Jesus said very clearly, not only belief during our time, but even during Jesus' time, it was a common belief among Jews. That if I'm sick, if anybody's sick, if he's blind, if he's lame, somebody has sinned. Either he or his, his ancestor before him. By the way, very close to karma. You know, our belief of karma. So in John chapter 9, there's a man who's blind. And as they're walking along and seeing this guy, his disciples ask him, Teacher, why was this man born blind? 
Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus says, not his parents' sins, not his sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. But he says very clearly there are other reasons for sickness which have nothing to do with an individual person's sins. While sin, or rather, while sickness and disease is a phenomenon in the human race, every time a sickness comes, it's not because you have sinned. So the answer to that question is no. Every time you fall sick, it's not because you have sinned. It's simply a result of mortality. Most sickness is due to natural causes. The result, natural causes, bacteria, virus, parasites, poor hygiene, poor nutrition, especially during this rainy season when you eat stuff that is on the street. Okay, parasites will get to you. Don't rebuke the devil, you know. Uh, when you do that, don't say, God, whatever I sin, stop eating. This is stuff from the street, if it doesn't suit you. Unhealthy lifestyle causes sickness. And in some cases, it's a genetic predisposition. You know, there's something in the genes that you inherit from your parents or grandparents. Not only that, bad attitudes and emotions cause illness. It's been proved today. Fear or anger causes Intestinal disorder, stress and worry. You know, simple thing like, I'm having a headache, right? too much stress. That's the most obvious indication of something that is very common. And today it's been established by medical science. High blood pressure, heart disease. So while uh, there are some diseases which are physiological, having to do with the nature of your body, chemicals, Bacteria, so others are what they call psychosomatic. Your state of mind, your state of emotions affects your body. But, point is this, it has nothing to do with your sin per se. But, is sickness sometimes due to my own sin? The answer to that is yes. Is it always because sickness is always due to your personal sin? No. It is sometimes because of personal sin? Yes. And that is what Psalm 107 verses 17 and 18 are talking about. It says, some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins as a consequence. Why does the psalmist call them fools? Psalmist loves to do that, okay? Call people who don't reject God's existence as fools. In this case, they're fools because they refuse to follow the maker's manual. We looked at this last Sunday. God has given us laws. They're part of the maker's manual. So when you say, I don't want to do the law. I don't want to follow the maker's instructions. You rebel. You don't follow the maker's instructions. You face the consequences. And often this results in sickness. And of, of course, in many cases, the connection between rebelling against the maker's instructions and sickness is obvious, isn't it? Okay, when we abuse our bodies through tobacco, alcohol, drug addiction, sexual promiscuity, right? I repeat this, smoking kills. So you see people on the street committing suicide, isn't it? Smoking kills. Slow suicide, lung disease, 
liver disease caused by alcohol, VD and AIDS caused by sexual promiscuity. And of course, even in this non-physical connection, today medical research has discovered the whole immune system. Immune system, by the way, is the system in our bodies, like you have a digestive system, you have a circulatory system, your blood. The immune system in our body protects us from disease. When disease germs come back to a uh, virus attacks your body, your immune system is your defense mechanism. Today, scientific research has discovered that your immune system is affected by changes in your emotional condition. So negative emotions, sinful attitudes, tend to depress immune system. They affect your defense mechanism. So bitterness, disproportionate anger, hatred, guilt, fear, affects you physically. But the Bible teaches there's an even deeper spiritual connection between sin and sickness. And this is not always obvious to us. What I mentioned to you is what is obvious, common sense, the physical aspects, the consequences of wrong actions, what medical research has discovered. But there's a deeper dimension, which is not obvious to us. And sometimes that can even result in demonic affliction. We have several cases of that in scripture, illustrated in scripture. For instance, in Mark 9, they bring a deaf and dumb person to Jesus. You know what Jesus does? It's in Mark chapter 9, verse 25. You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him, enter him again. And what it, uh, the, the account tells you that he fell to the ground and he convulsed. And when the spirit left, he was able to speak and hear. And you find other instances of that. One case, a lady who was bent over. Jesus prays a similar prayer, rebuking the spirit. I've seen it in my own life and ministry. Okay, where you rebuke a demon and the physical symptoms of the disease disappear. We don't understand the connection, but there is a connection between sickness and sin. That is why when Jesus confronts sickness, his first priority is always forgiveness of sins. For instance, in Luke chapter 5, remember that famous story? We talked about it last Sunday evening at the way. When the uh, paralyzed man is brought to Jesus by his friends and they, the crowd is so much, they cannot get inside the room. And so they open up the roof and they let the paralyzed man down. You remember that story? It's interesting. The first thing Jesus says to him is, your sins are forgiven. There's a follow-up to that, which we will come to a short while from now. But friends, we've spent a little time trying to understand the different causes for sickness. All sickness is not due to your personal sin, but there are some sicknesses which are the result of sin in our lives. Now here's the good news. Whatever the cause of the sickness, all kinds of sickness are provided for in God's promise of healing through the cross of Jesus. Amen? I hope that's good news. All kinds of sickness are included within the scope of healing prayer. But first things first, I want you to get this. God does not ask for sinless perfection as a condition for healing. Today, 
you are in need of God's touch of healing. Don't hesitate because you think, you know what, I've got sin in my life. I'm not perfect. Healing is not given as a reward for perfection. It's not a condition for healing. God doesn't say, come on, clean your act and then no. But repentance, which is, Lord, I am sorry. And I agree with whatever you say about the wrong in my life. That's repentance. When you know God is saying something to you and you're saying, no, but I don't want to do it. You can shed as many tears as you like. That's not repentance. Repentance is, Lord, I agree with you. I don't want to do this. I shouldn't do this. I want it out of my life. And that's where submission comes in. So when you come to God, saying, Lord, the Holy Spirit reminds you, I've done this, or you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have. You said, Lord, I'm sorry. Please help me change. I know I'm wrong. It opens up a channel of God's healing in your life. So in a short while from now, when we invite you, if you have a need for healing, to respond to the invitation for prayer. When you do, as you come, bring all known sins that the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, bring it in front. Grudges, a critical spirit always criticizing. Why even slander, if you have a habit, you know you like to talk behind people's back, gossip. Anything, as we come to the place of prayer and as we begin to worship, the Holy Spirit tells you, uh-uh, I want any destructive habits that you may have. And the Holy Spirit has been pointing out, don't cover it, don't hold it back. Say, Lord, here it is. Ask for forgiveness, cleansing. Not only that, ask for his help in overcoming sin before you pray for healing. But then... Why does God heal today? It's very important to understand why God heals. Psalm 107 verse 21 tells us simply and clearly. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Why does God do wonderful things like healing us, gifting us a child, raising us from the bed? Why does God do that? Because of his great love. Amen? He's a loving God. When we look at the healing ministry of Jesus, we see, of course, the accounts in the gospel are filled with Jesus' healing miracles. Why did he do it? Let me make it very clear. Jesus was not one of these magicians, you know, going around. So people will open their, wow, how did he do that? No, no. And Jesus was not looking to impress people. In fact, you'll see sometimes when he did miracles, he said, don't go and tell the world. There was, because there was purpose. There was intention, purpose for the healing miracles of Jesus. And what were they? You'll see it in Matthew 9, where it says, towards the end of the chapter, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Purpose. Why did Jesus perform miracles? See, two clear purposes in this passage. The first is, we already referred to it, evidence of God's compassion. Proof of God's love. We sang it in that beautiful chorus, 
Lord, I come to you. Pastor Philip led us. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. God cares for people. I know you've heard it a hundred times before, but hear me now, especially if you're suffering in pain and the enemy is trying to confuse you. Arpita mentioned that. She said, I came to a place where I said, God doesn't care, God doesn't love. That's a lie of the devil. God cares for you. Maybe your neighbor needs to hear that. Will you turn to your neighbor and say, from the bottom of your heart, be God's messenger today, will you? God, turn to your neighbor. Come on, come on everyone. God cares for you. Especially with somebody you don't know. Turn to that person one more time. God cares for you. Say it with all the love you can muster. God cares for you. He cares for you. Yes, God cares about what happens to us, to our souls in eternity. But he also cares about your body, about what happens to you today, your well-being, your health. In fact, I want to give you a promise you can claim at least every week, if not every day. It's in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, and it's linked to God's word. My child, come on, read it with me. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Verse 22. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Claim this promise, my brother, my sister. Neha talked about reading God's word every day. God's word has healing power. But let me say it again. It has power for her, not just because she read it. Because she read it, believing that it's God speaking to me. She read it in faith. She read it and claimed each word for herself. God says to every person here, yes, there are times we go through testing. There are times he allows us to go through pain. But God desires your health. He's concerned about your well-being. He's a loving father. It's not his will for you to go through pain without purpose. It's evidence of his love. Secondly, he heals as evidence of his kingdom rule. What do I mean by that? Everywhere Jesus went and preached his message of the kingdom, it was accompanied by healing. Why? What's the purpose? The healing was so that people will believe that his message. What is his message? God has come. God is here. God has begun his work of reversing the curse of the fall. A day is coming when all the damage the fall has done to the world is going to be reversed, extracted. God is extracting the poison of sin and sickness. He's starting the job. I've come to get it started. So every time God heals, it's God is saying, my kingdom is here. My kingdom is here. And so we referred to it earlier, that time when they, they, they let that paralyzed man come in front of Jesus. He did say, your sins are forgiven. But then he went on to say, I want you to know the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up. 
took what he had been lying on, went on praising God. I want you to get one word in that sentence of Jesus. So that you will know the Son of Man has authority. Say it with me. Authority. Authority. One more time, say it with me. Authority. Every believer in Jesus, hear me now. When you pray for a person who is sick, you don't say, don't beg. You don't say, you know, like, satta gambling. You just try this prayer. Now let me pray. If it works, fine. No. You have said with authority this morning, my brothers and sisters. You have authority. One place Jesus said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. There is an enemy at work in our world. There is an enemy at work in our city. There is an enemy at work in and around your, your home. And he will take as much ground as you give to him. But Jesus says, you have authority. You have authority. And what is beautiful, you're saying, Pastor, but he has authority. Do I have authority? Yes. Look at this verse in Matthew 10. He calls his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits to heal every disease and sickness. How many disciples of Jesus here? Some of you are not sure. Christ follower, believer, okay? You have authority. Come on, smile. Some reaction, some response. Jesus is giving you his authority to heal. He's giving you his authority to cast out demons in his name. Pastor, I've never done it. When I see somebody who's demon-possessed, I try to run the other way. That's the problem. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because Satan is a deceiver. He likes to hide in corners. Sometimes we don't even know when he's around. But I'll tell you something. When he makes his presence known, every true believer knows what it is. All you have to do is bear your teeth in Jesus' name and he will run. Seize your authority. So why does Jesus heal? To show his love and draw unbelievers to submit to God's rule and enter his kingdom. So it's about two things. His love, his authority. Very quickly, I'm going to come to the main point. What can we do to receive healing? But to dismiss two quick doubts, questions. What about medicine, pastor? God heals, why do I need medicine? I'll save on my medical bill. No, no. That's not what we are saying from this pulpit. Hear me very carefully. We're very clear. God uses both medical science and healing prayer to heal the sick. The two are friends, not enemies. I hope that is settled, okay? We have no issues with medicinal healing. It's by God's wisdom, grace that God gives to people in the world that medical science has made its advancement. We take the best of it. But we also believe God can heal naturally and he can heal supernaturally. But second doubt, pastor, but are all healed? Some of you who have been around for some time know, yes, pastor, wonderful testimonies of healing. What about those who are not healed? Are there some who are not healed? Sometimes when we talk about healing, we don't refer to this. I have no problem referring to it because I have told you what God's purpose of healing is, in healing is. And I've also told you all healing this side of eternity is temporary. I've told you all of us have this 
disease called mortality. I also have told you, and if I haven't said, I want to make it clear, that we do believe in full, perfect healing at the end of the age. The Bible says sickness, death, will be removed completely. When we, the resurrection takes place, it's a promise that Jesus made. Just as he rose from the dead, every person who believes in him will rise from the dead. So there's no problem with that. Perfect, full healing is reserved for the future. Healing happens today for us as a sign. Why does God not allow some people to be healed? I have a very complicated answer for you. God knows. And when we reach the other side, we're going to ask him that. But right now, we pray in faith for people to be healed. If someone is not healed, what do we do? We continue to care for them with the love of Jesus. What do we do? We recognize that one kind of faith is the faith that celebrates when we are healed. But there's another faith that says, Lord, even though you don't heal me, I will trust you. I don't understand, but I know you. And if you don't heal me exactly the time and way I want to be healed, you must have a good reason, God. Isn't that faith? It is faith. So if every sick person is not healed, why should we pray for healing? Does every person who goes to the hospital come back alive? Yes. Does anybody here know anybody who's gone to the hospital and not come back alive? Yeah? Yes? Put your hand right up. No. So will you stop going to the hospital then? See, that's a stupid question. Sorry. God heals. We've heard testimonies. We keep praying for healing. And if God chooses not to heal someone at a particular time, it's okay. Pastor, that's why I don't like to pray for people. What if they're not healed? But you know what? What if they do get healed? And because you refuse to pray, you become a blockage for God's blessing in their lives. So we pray for the sick in faith and leave the results in God's hands. Quickly to conclude, how do we receive healing? The first thing, up front, loud and clear. Who is the healer? Jesus is the healer. Amen. Matthew 8 tells us, how is Jesus the healer? Verse 17, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. The prophet Isaiah predicted it. And when Jesus does this series of miracles, Matthew writes, he's fulfilling the prophecy. What is the prophecy? He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Where did Jesus take our sicknesses? On the cross. He dealt with the sicknesses on the cross. 1 Peter 2.24. Read this please with me. It's a powerful verse that you need to claim if you need God's healing this morning. He himself, come on, read it with me. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. Amen? But the last part says, by his wounds you have been healed. Receive it by faith this morning. That's the basis on which we come to God in prayer. But there's a key that unlocks the door. The power source is there. How do I connect faith in Christ, the healer? What is this faith? Not just positive thinking, beloved. But it's accepting the word of someone you trust. It's trust. That creates a channel for God's healing power. In Psalm 107, four times it says, they cried out to the Lord because they trusted him. And he heard 
they cry. Thanks for listening to this message from AG Kolkata. We hope you would stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by using at AGC Kolkata. We would love to know how this message has touched your life. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories at agkolkata.org. Hope you have a great week ahead.